We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast, the only Packers podcast available 365 days a year. I am your host today, Maggie Loney. Jacob Westendorf is unfortunately unable to join us, um, but I'm joined by Jimmy Christensen, and we've already started the recording um, and then not actually hit the record button. So we're off to a really smooth start here on the Friday show. Uh, Normally you listen to us on Thursdays, but we switched with Andy and Ben. So just throwing a whole bunch of curveballs at you, and we're just trying to trying to keep our heads above water here. So Jimmy, we got a lot to talk about, even though it is technically the start of the off season. But before we get into that, any quick thoughts on the depressing season ending that we saw on Sunday? Yeah. (laughs) My second time getting to say this, I get to get sad all (laughs) over again. Uh, No, I was just saying like watching the game, heartbreaking losses. It was tough to see. And then after the game, I'd, I didn't think I could it could sink any lower. And then listening to Rogers and the floor and just seeing how absolutely, as Rogers said, gutted they were. Uh, as a as a fan, it was special to watch this team and be a part of their victories and everything like that. But just putting myself in their shoe, like it was special for us to watch. So I could only imagine what it was like for them to be to play for such a special and tight team. And just seeing them after the game, just how defeat just sad they were just made it even worse for me it was sunday was such a bad day i felt bad for my wife on the drive 
the drive home was like a 30 minute car ride. And she, like, you could tell she was like, should I talk to him right now? Should I just let him be? And I was like, Des, you're fine. You can talk to me. I'm, I'm bummed, but I don't want you to sit in a super awkward car ride because of it. Yeah. It was really like numbing. Like I know me personally, I didn't talk for like five hours. It just felt really unhealthy. Like, and I mean, that, I think that's one of the things that's so tough about the season was like you said, the camaraderie and the closeness and, Aaron Rodgers had mentioned it on the Pat McAfee show where you have players who every year the team looks a little bit different. So when you don't get all the way, it's just another missed opportunity, especially unfortunately when you have guys like Corey Lindsley who now have been to four of these and hasn't been able to get over that hump. And now he might not be back with the team. So really quickly before we kind of talk about free agents as a whole um, special teams, we should talk about that because Sean Menenga was let go by this Packers team. Uh, Maury Straten, who was the assistant Packers special teams coach, has been hired on. Not officially yet. Nothing has come out just yet, but um, that has been confirmed by the Packers beat that he will be taking over. Um, kind of fun if you look at his history. He's been with the Packers a couple years, also was with the Colts for a while, um, was with uh, Pat McAfee himself, yeah. coached him to a Pro Bowl, Adam Vinatieri. So he's got a lot of really good experience. And I guess, honestly, if you look at it big picture, Special teams can't really get much worse. So, Jimmy, do you have any kind of holistic thoughts about special teams and maybe what that looks like in 2021? Do you think J.K. Scott is back also? I I don't think J.K. Scott is back. I just think right now the special teams as a whole just needs a complete overhaul. Uh, Man, it was so – I've never been so nervous to see special teams come on a field. Like besides Mason Crosby, (laughs) him excluded from this because Mason Crosby is a legend. But – uh, anytime I see our punt unit come on or punt return unit, I was, I'd get nervous. Uh, we brought in Tavon Austin to kind of fix it, but that didn't really do much. He only had, he only attempted to return the ball five times, I believe. And, um, he was pretty inconsistent as well. Like you said, it can't get, it doesn't seem like it can get much worse. So I'm really hoping that we can, uh, we can right the wrong of, of this season with, uh, which is how poor our special team unit played. And what, at one point, what was it? There were four punt returns for touchdowns and two of them were against the Packers. So as long as we don't get to all four, it's, it's uphill from here. But <laughs> I, I trust the floor. He liked them, obviously, to keep him on staff because he was a Mike McCarthy hire. He brought him on, he kept him around, and now he's getting promoted. So there has to be things that uh, LaFleur has seen that he really likes. Uh, I know there's some buzz. Zach Cruz put it out of uh, the Lions former a uh, special teams coach that was let go to come uh, possibly as a, a person of interest, but I don't know. I trust the floor. They've, they've made, he's, he's proven to be a, a great head coach. So um, I, I trust the the upgrade. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah. I mean, it's tricky because if you look at last year, you know, Sean Menenga still had one of the worst units, like historically bad until they brought in Tyler Irvin. And then things kind of picked up when he was able to do some returns and actually create positive yardage, which was something that special teams unit hadn't seen. And now in the second year, I think we expected to see a lot of improvement and Tyler Irvin, unfortunately got hurt. And then you had Tavon Austin, who, like you said, didn't have too many opportunities and he had the one unfortunate fumble. So both those guys now are actually unrestricted free agents. So not sure if either of them will be back in green Bay. So I do fully agree with you that it feels really likely that we're going to see an overhaul at the position, the Packers still have um, Ryan Winslow, a punter on their futures 
contract. So I expect that to kind of be a training camp competition and it might end up that we see maybe a rookie or a draft pick as that possible returner for this yeah. Packers team, which would be really interesting. Yeah. Cause I was looking at the, some of the stats too, and we're tied for second worst with the Browns for yards per return on punts, uh, punt return. And then we're second as well for kick returns. Um, so or second or 31st. So second worst, um, we, Tyler Irving came in 2019, as you said, and kind of saved a historically bad return, but that was more just the talent that he kind of brought. And we saw this year when he, when he was out, we struggled and our kick return was was like a carousel. It seemed like there was always somebody new returning kicks, even mid game, there'd be switches. And I love Jamal Williams, but that doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like when you have your, your one B running back as LaFleur calls them returning kicks, um, for the first time is in his fourth season. It doesn't really seem like you have a lot of options there if you're if you're getting to that point. Especially when, you know, you have guys like Jair, Jair Alexander, who maybe when he was a rookie, you put him out there, and now he is like the face of your defense. You absolutely don't risk him. So you're yeah. really running out of options kind of in that as far as who can even be available on kick returns. So let's kind of take that a step further then. We talked about special teams Defensive coordinator Mike Pettin's contract is up. Obviously, we haven't heard anything yet at the time of recording, um, whether or not he'll be brought back. So I guess first question is, do you think that he will be back? And if you don't, do you have any ideas, maybe even in-house, as who you see could take over for him as that coordinator? Uh, I go back and forth with this. Some Sometimes I wake like I wake up in the morning. First thought I wake up is Mike Pettin's going to get fired. Um, but he uh, and then later on, I just read Twitter like, well, he isn't gone yet. Like, so maybe they're working on an extension because you would think at this point news would be out like, oh, they're not going to re up with with Mike Pettin. I really don't know. I, like it's I, I go back and forth. If I had to say right now, I, I don't see him coming back. Um, I just think there'll be two. We saw a regression from 2019 to this past year. Um, and people said maybe turnovers and things are going to go down, but it just seemed like for the talent that we have on the defense, we just weren't playing up to the level that we should. So I would say he's not gonna, he's not gonna be back next year. And I saw a lot of people saying from within Mike Smith, he's a big, uh, the linebackers love him. Preston's or well, who knows if Preston will be on the team, but Zadarius loves him. Rashawn um, and him have another great connection. So it will be interesting to see if he, if he gets moved up to defensive coordinator, but outside the team, one thing that uh, I saw from Ross Unglum, which was a pretty cool is like maybe, Wade Phillips, and then you hire on like a younger kind of like project to work behind him for a couple seasons until Wade retires and rides off into the sunset. But uh, so that's another option. Honestly, it, it, it kind of seems like the Packers way to to promote from within. We just saw that with the special teams coordinator. So um, I don't think Petten's going to be back. But honestly, who knows at this point and who knows who will fill the spot. But yeah. And I mean, I thought it was interesting, too, that. Mike Patton didn't necessarily re-up his contract. He just kind of let it die out. So I don't know if that's this is going to be like a mutual decision. I'm sure we'll hear that it was mutual regardless of how it goes, but it yeah. kind of seems like a decision that maybe he doesn't feel like he's a good fit or, you know, and we know he was a McCarthy guy. So Matt LaFleur keeping him for a couple of years, I understand wanting to keep some continuity, especially when you're trying to implement an entirely new offensive scheme. You know, you want something that is stable and familiar, but yeah, it just didn't seem like those two were ever really on the same page. Um, one name that I would look at, 
and you know, Packers fans, I'm obviously nowhere close to being anywhere near 1265. So take it for what it's worth. But I've seen the name Jerry Gray on Twitter a lot. And I think that makes a ton of sense. You know, he, it's his first year with the Packers as the secondary coach, but already, you know, Jair Alexander is the number one ranked corner for pro football focus. Adrian Amos is the number two ranked safety. Um, He's got Darnell Savage with four picks on the year. And even if Kevin King doesn't come back, you know, you've got three out of four in like a really tight core that have grown and improved each year. So, and, and maybe that's why you don't want Jerry Gray to take over as defensive coordinator because you want him to stay with those, those defensive backs. But I do like his name as an option. If like you said, we've seen from this team that they promote a lot from within and his name would make sense as an internal hire. So with, talking about Jerry Gray, where he, you've seen the production from the secondary, you mentioned the players. Do you think Preston Smith's regression this season kind of would hurt Mike Smith's chances? That's a good question. I don't know if it has as much to do with Mike Smith, or maybe if we're looking at, you know, Mike Patton and the three man mm-hmm. rush and, you know, cause we've, yeah. I know that statistically it didn't look like Preston Smith was dropping as much, but I think one of the reasons that Zadarius Smith had high sack totals again is the way that he was always kind of the roaming nose where he could line up outside or inside and Preston Smith, it felt like was always on the edge. And if he didn't win his one-on-ones, he was kind of locked out. So yeah. I don't know. I think that's really interesting, but I kind of think that more falls on Mike Patton. Yeah, no, that that makes sense, too. And you could kind of counter it with the rise of Rashawn Gary, too, because he had such Mm -hmm. a strong season. So um, kind of bounce it out, maybe, too. So I like. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That you mentioned Preston Smith. I think that's a good segue here. We said that we would talk about free agents towards the end of this episode, and they probably will be short, guys. It is the off season. We're working with very limited uh, resources here sure. right now. But uh, so we know that Packers free agency is coming up. I believe March fifteenth is the the free agency window will open. But some big names, of course, Corey Lindsley, Kevin King. Uh, you have Chandon Sullivan, who is a restricted free agent. Not sure if he'll be back. Will Redman is a restricted free agent. Um, obviously Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, Mercedes Lewis, Alan Lazard is an exclusive restricted free agent. Robert Tunyon is a restricted free agent. So assuming that a lot of the restricted guys are back, kind of just looking at the undrafted or the unrestricted picture. Yeah. What are your, what are your general thoughts? I mean, do you think anybody comes back with the way this, this cap situation is, or do you think the Packers maybe get really creative and bring back more people than we think? Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With the Credit Karma Money Spend Account, 
you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, for them to, <laughs> to pull some uh, 2019 Chiefs of just somehow they sign Mahomes, Chris Jones again, and all these people <laughs> who like big contracts. But I don't know. I have a feeling it's gonna those Corey Lindsley, the one that really hurts, just because he he's played such a strong season. Like he was an All Pro. Uh, whenever you have the center, he's the commander pretty much of that offensive line, uh, communicating the most besides the quarterback. So that would be tough. But we saw how Elton Jenkins can play there. Lucas Patrick's another name thrown around of filling in at that center position. So I could see. I don't think Lindsley will be back. Um, Kevin King. It was very unlikely to come back in my mind, even during the season. And now even just after that NFC championship game, I feel like that kind of fully closed the door on him. Uh, I saw uh, Aaron Nagler put out the tweet on how like, that's what he's going to be remembered for, even though he made some solid plays for the Packers and he, he did have some great games, but I just feel like those inconsistencies are just so blinding of all the, the good that he's done through his four years with the Packers. So I think at least fan wise, it's not if he does come back, it's gonna be a very unpopular decision. But um in Goody we trust in my mind too. So if he brings him back, I'll I'll quickly uh forgive anything Kevin King does just because I'm I'm a big Goody fan right now. But I, I think I honestly think most of them are gone. I hope Jamal's back for the sake of I love him after talking to him <laughs> all season and uh he would be a good one too with uh AJ Dillon and come at a cheap contract. Um, some of the numbers I heard are really reasonable. Um, just talking with coach Luke and stuff on what they expect and what they're, what they're looking for, but we'll see how Zach gets figured out. What about you? I, who do you think is coming back? Yeah. I mean, I think the Kevin King stuff is really tricky because, you know, I agree with you in the Nagler tweet where it, it is kind of unfortunate that this is like how he's going to be remembered by Packer fans. And he already kind of was at a disadvantage because everybody wanted TJ Watt. And now we see that TJ Watt is like an all pro pro bowler. And Kevin King has drawn the short straw. He had six interceptions last season. And then he's coming into a year where Jair Alexander has like found himself. He now owns an Island. He has the best uh, quarterback rating a lot like allowed in the NFL. Um, he's a lockdown. So obviously Kevin King is going to get bullied and picked on and everybody's always going to target that side of the field. We saw what happened, of course, in the NFC championship game when Tom Brady did go Jair's way. So I think whoever comes in, whether it's Kevin King getting re-signed to like a prove it deal or, you know, a rookie, that's going to be a tough spot to play because yeah. Jair is not going to have too many opportunities. And I think the same goes for Chandon Sullivan or whoever comes in as that nickel role where those guys, you know, it's just kind of the nature of the business where if you have somebody who's so locked down, whoever is opposite them is going to get the short draw. And I think that's kind of 
some of that perception for Kevin King where we think that he's playing worse than he is because he just, he doesn't own an Island. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really unfortunate for him. And that's a, that I, I found myself thinking this way too, of just uh, the quarterback would go his way so much and be like, look, they're, they're targeting Kevin King. They, they realize he's not, like he's not that good. And I think, well, no, it's just Jair's that good. Like they yeah. can't target that side of the field. So you're kind of left. Like eventually people did take shots towards Jair sometimes, but when you have a shutdown corner over there, like you, you really don't have many options left. So going after Chandon Sullivan this past game and Kevin King kind of just the options they had because Jair's been so dominant, especially in the two playoff games, one reception for negative three yards against the Rams. This time he had two interceptions against the Buccaneers. Like, Kevin King was bound to be targeted a lot more just for the sole reason of Jair's the second coming of Christ at this point. (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely. And I think personally for me, and it's really hard, especially because we know that Aaron Jones is so dynamic and Jamal Williams, and especially against the Rams when we saw all three running backs utilized really effectively, it's hard to think about losing two of them and what that looks like for the backfield. But to me personally, I think the priority re-sign has to be Corey Lindsley. And I don't know if you agree, but I'm curious your thoughts on, you know, Corey Lindsley doesn't come back to the Packers. What does that offensive line look like? Is it Elton Jenkins playing center? Is it Lucas Patrick playing center? Is it Jake Hansen maybe playing center who they drafted this year? Or is it somebody entirely new? Because, you know, David Bakhtiari is probably not going to be available to start the season. So this offensive line could look a lot different than what we're seeing now that kind of wrapped up this year. Yeah. One thing, uh, thing about Hansen is just before the season, there there's rumblings of, maybe Corey Lindsay was going to be a, a cap casualty before the season even started a training camp cut. And now to see him go into such a dominant year, I, my preference would be to keep Lindsay. I think he having him Jenkins and Bakhtiari when he is healthy, that left side of that line center to left is just so dominant. Um, you're having two all pros and Jenkins is going to get to that point of being a first team all pro eventually. Like you have a chance to have three all pros. If you keep Lindsley, um, I have, I have a feeling that it's going to be Jenkins at center and then Runyon at left guard. I think they're going to plug him in there and keep Patrick at right guard. Um, and then Billy Turner will have to start at left guard, but I think eventually once Bakhtiari's back, he's going to go back to his, uh, back to right tackle. Or yeah, right tackle eventually once Bakhtiari's back. So Bakhtiari, Runyon, Jenkins, Patrick, Turner. Yeah, and I mean, I think the nice part is the Packers kind of bought themselves a little bit of insurance with mm. Billy Turner's contract and Rick Wagner's contract. We all thought maybe going into last season that, you know, Rick Wagner was a stopgap. He was going to be a one-year player. Well, now you have him under contract for 2021 and you like will need him to be a starter because of the David Bakhtiari injury. So unless he and Billy Turner end up being like really surprised cap casualties and they roll out somebody like Yash Nijman at right tackle to start the season, yeah. you know, you're more solidified there than you thought. So we can play the what, same game or go ahead. I was going to say, what do you think about Lane Taylor coming back? I know he had two season ending injuries. Do you think the, the contract will have to be in the Packers favor at that point because of the injuries the last couple seasons, but he did win the starting spot this year going at, in at right guard. Do you think he's someone they bring back? 
I've been thinking about that, and I think that is really interesting. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Packers to bring him back. I think he would even probably be accepting of something close to that minimum at this point because he would just wants to be out there and playing. Um, I genuinely think that he, you know, probably is still better than Lucas Patrick. And that's no disrespect to Lucas Patrick, but, you know, he won that job for a reason. And maybe, like you said, maybe you end up having Elton Jenkins play center and then you end up with Lane Taylor and uh, Lucas Patrick is your guards and maybe John Runyon kicks out to tackle instead of being a guard. So I think Lane Taylor gives you that versatility. I mean, I don't think we want him to be left tackle like we saw, um, but I think he, you know, he's played it and he can do it. So he just feels like another cog where we've seen plug and play from this offensive line all season. And Lane Taylor would absolutely fall into that category. Yeah. Less. Sorry. Now I'm just thinking of all these free agents. (laughs) I didn't run any of them by you. I know we mentioned just the unlikelihood of Aaron Jones coming back. Um, but what's a number that if the Packers re-signed him to that you'd be like, okay, that's reasonable. Or I guess the question is, what's your cutoff number for Aaron Jones? See, that's hard. And that was going to go into the question that I was going to ask you. So I guess we can kind of yeah, like bundle them it. together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we know AJ Dillon's on a rookie contract. Mm-hmm. You kind of know what the numbers look like for Jamal Williams or what would be reasonable for his market. I think you have to kind of bundle Jamal and Aaron together, right? And it's just the nature yeah. of it is like, how much would you be willing to to pair them with? And, you know, do you think it's possible that they both come back? I think as part of it, like, do you think that they're waiting on Jamal to see what happens with Aaron? Or do you think they'd sign Jamal? And then if Aaron comes in, that's icing on the cake or, I mean, I guess, what do you think the room looks like in 2021? Do you think AJ Dillon is the guy and there's a couple draft picks or do you think one of these running backs actually gets signed? <sighs> What I I personally think that Jamal is going to be back just because the desire in his end to retire Packers, which Aaron Jones has said too, but it's just the money's different. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think Jamal come back at a reasonable deal, and just as I heard from people too, and then Damaski kind of put it in uh, for ESPN is just the offer is gone from the Packers for Aaron Jones. Um, I know they they said they wanted or they were willing to pay top five running back money, so that just thinking of uh, Dalvin cook last year, that's around 14 million a year. Um, I know Joe Mixon signed for 12. So anywhere from that, like 12 to 15 million, which is a lot for geez, that's a lot for <laughs> running back. So I, uh, I don't see a world where they, they kind of pair those two together and bring them back. I know that was, that was talked about earlier in the, the off season or not off season earlier in the season that was turned down. Um, and that might might have been part of the reason why he made that switch from Chris Cabot to to Rosenhaus. But I just I think at this point it's going to be Williams or or nothing. I think Jones has kind of set his sights on a mega deal from one of these teams. Yeah, and it, it's a really hard year for running backs too. I mean, yeah. the free agent market is really impressive. There's a ton of names that are still out there. And especially, I mean, Aaron Jones is perfect for the Mount LaFleur offense, but there's a lot of names that also would fit really well, like James White. There's plenty mm-hmm. of guys that you could get on the market for really cheap if you wanted to bring in a vet opposite Jamal Williams. But we've seen, I mean, Aaron Jones himself is an example of a fifth rounder that has come in and made a significant impact for a team. So I think running back is just a really tricky position because you can draft and develop those players, especially behind a guy like AJ Dillon. So yeah, I mean, that's, I think going to be the most interesting part. Obviously we want Corey Lindsley back and, 
that's almost why to me it would make more sense for the Packers to to look at somebody like Kevin King over an Aaron Jones, even yeah. though you know when you watch the game, you see how versatile Aaron Jones is and the impact he has on the offense. It's just harder, I think, to find plug and play pieces in your secondary and along your offensive line than it is to find a running back. Yeah, and I I think too one of the big things that hit hurt Jones is when he was out those couple games. Jamal had over 100, 100 total yards each game, like 75, 77 rushing yards, and then um, around 30 receiving yards, if or not a little bit more. And then we saw when he kind of got hurt that game against the Titans, A.J. Dillon came in and had over 100 yards, two touchdowns. So, And then the game, as you mentioned too, we missed, when we missed Kevin King, we had, had Josh Jackson in there, even though he didn't give up a lot of like – I guess he wasn't bad, but the, the pass interference, it, he was a huge liability in the red zone. So as you said right there, the running back rooms show they can kind of step up in the absence of Aaron Jones where the secondary, when you're missing one of your top guys, is is a much bigger problem. So maybe that that cheap contract, the prove-it deal from Kevin King is something that the Packers are going to look into because I can't imagine his contract's going to be – I know he likes to put hashtag million-dollar player, but – <laughs> I don't I don't see him get or a hundred million, uh hundred million. I don't I don't see him getting anywhere near that. So Yeah. And I mean, I think kind of as we wrap this up, you know, we know that this free agent class has a lot of really key players, but so does 2021. I mean, if we're looking ahead to next offseason, you've got Devontae Adams, Jair Alexander, you've got your all pros. So as good, I mean, Corey Lindsley obviously was also an all pro. Aaron Jones made a Pro Bowl. So as much talent as you have in this free agent class. It almost feels like next year's class is even worse. So whatever decisions they're making now, it can also negatively affect what they're able to do next season. So I think that's kind of the balance they have to figure out. And whether that's restructuring guys like Aaron Rodgers, maybe restructuring Z, kind of taking some money off of this front end, it's it's going to be really interesting to see because you would have to think if you added Devontae and Jair to this free agent class, they would be your automatic re-signs and potentially even before guys like David Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark. Yeah. Oh yeah. For, I, oh, that would have been, that would have been <laughs> interesting to see this year if they had all four and they had a, just the order they would have done those and it would have been interesting to see. Do you think any of this Aaron Rodgers drama has any hindering on an extension with Devontae Adams next season because I know they say like this I I there's no doubt in my mind Rogers is playing for the Packers next year but there people are saying like was well, that 2021 2022 season where it gets a little more question questionable do you think that's going to affect the Adams resigning I don't like that you put that into the universe because now I'm going to think about it <laughs> <laughs> but how how interesting would it be if they restructured Rogers deal and they signed Devontae gave him an extension this off season and they were like, mm-hmm. yo, look, Aaron, you stay here for three years and then retire. We got Devante for the next three years. You guys can ride off into the sunset together. Maybe that's just, how they'll do it. You just got to become the, the GM or the assistant to the GM. Just cause I'll be I the like Dwight Schrute. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you have to wear those mustard color shirts and everything though. I already have the glasses, so I'm halfway there, but all right. I think, I think we've gone off the rails enough for today. I think we're out of time. Jimmy, if the listeners want to find all of your work on social media, how can they do that? Yeah, you can follow me at on Twitter at Jimmy underscore C08. Um, article for Packer Report coming out every Tuesday. Have a couple more weeks left um, at Game on Wisconsin for Lombardi's Bar. We're doing 
We just talked to Joe Thomas on Wednesday. And now we'll, we have two more episodes and then we'll take a little hiatus during the off season, but you can find me over at game on. I'll be doing random stuff this off season. So follow me on Twitter. I post all of the, all of the shenanigans I'm up to. And there are lots of shenanigans, but you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV. The off season is going to be an absolute grind trying to come up with content every week, but we will do it. Um, you can catch me in Perry on Fridays doing packs, what she said and happy hour with game on Wisconsin is done for the season. Um, so that is one last thing for us to plug on Mondays, but yeah, follow me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. And you can also follow the pack a day podcast on social media. Make sure that you like and subscribe on all of your favorite platforms. Give the podcast a five-star review comment why Maggie and Jimmy are your favorite hosts. And thank you as always for listening to the show. Go Pack Go. Go Pack. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.